You are about to enter a great adventure. to strutting from gorilla i am back in the a chair the most electrifying man in podcast entertainment is back in his rightful throne big veto here with the one the only mikey cash how you doing today mikey what's happening i am so excited i am electrified for this podcast you have no idea Yeah, so today uh, we are talking about the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, the one, the only, The Rock. Um, But before we do that, let's get into the socials. Let's see where you can find us when we're not talking wrestling here on the podcast. Um, So you can find us on Facebook at SFG Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok at from underscore gorilla. On Instagram at SF Gorilla Pod. And as always, you can find us on struttingfromgorilla.com. And please do not forget to give us a five star rating once you've listened to us. Um, we appreciate your support. But Mikey Cash, let's get right in to the bread and butter today. How excited are you? Uh, I got a Brahma bull in my pants, is how excited I am today. All right. This is. Probably the the one time for this podcast where I have been the most prepared by doing the least preparation, because I've basically just lived all of this guy's career. So it was really cool to just like being able to witness it throughout my life. I have this weird, uncanny ability, and my wife is, I don't know if she's impressed or disturbed by it, but this ability to just like remember weird little things about the rock in his career i don't know why but this guy from the very beginning is always just like drawn me in and i've been like captivated by him since the first time i watched him yeah i mean i feel like that's a pretty fair statement though i think he, from the beginning of his career you saw something really special in this guy right and i don't know that any of us would have thought he would have gone into the hollywood scene like he is right no. now um, but he's really just taken over the world. It's crazy. Oh my God. I mean, you couldn't, you could say this guy works incredibly hard and, and that goes without question. And so you knew that with that kind of like work ethic that this guy portrayed throughout his life, that he was going to be successful. I think you just, there's no way anybody could predict he'd be at this level. This is like into out of this world kind of success that this guy's having no i agree with you um so let's let's start from the beginning here let's talk a little bit about his career that's right um i'm gonna let you do the meat and potatoes of a lot of this because you know you you got the the background i mean he's like if you're talking number one dude i'm just a fan that's it. Yeah, a you're fan. a big fan. So, all right, when did you first see The Rock, and you know what were your thoughts on him? So, I had heard about The Rock when I was probably 12, 13. When I was in school, people would have the shirts, and they would be just kind of repeating his catchphrases, like, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Do you want a piece of pie? Like, all this stuff. <laughs> and and at first, I was like, what do you mean, do I want pie? Like, I'm not even hungry. But the, I found out later what that meant. So when I was, I was a little late to the game on the rock and I caught up as I went on, but I was probably, it was probably January of 2000. I can remember this because I remember the whole segment. It was when Mick Foley, it was like after Mick Foley had been fired or whatever. And he like came back and the, it was the rock who went out and brought out all the superstars around the ring. Triple H and Stephanie were like running the show at the time. And the Rock like pulled this huge promo for them to bring back McFoley. He was basically staging like a walkout, yep, for McFoley to get reinstated. I remember that, and I remember just dying at that promo because he just like lit them up, you know, yeah. like his whole it just the way The Rock usually did, just <laughs> making fun of Triple H's big nose and like really, 
comments that would get him canceled today against Stephanie. So it was like he was just lighting them up. And then eventually they ended up reinstating Mick Foley. And I was like, oh, why is he standing up for this guy? Because I wasn't like fully like watching it at that time. But I I kind of caught up later and realized, oh, there's a little bit of this connection there between The Rock and The Sock. So that was... That made me start like buying uh, what was it? Those DVDs, the Best of Raw volume stuff. Oh yeah, I got to see some of those. Yeah, so I got to see those. Like I, I kind of like caught up that way at the time because this was before the network. You didn't have anything, so you had to like just buy tapes and just watch old shows and find out what was going on. So that was really a moment that like captivated me. I was like, this guy is standing up for his friend, and all of these other superstars are like, he's having this like huge impact on them influencing them to say like get the fuck out of here if you don't bring back mcfoley and i don't know why but that just always stuck with me i was like the rock is there to just fight for you he is the people's champ so i was drawn in pretty much from then on and then like that incredible run where he wins the royal rumble that year and wrestlemania with the fatal four-way it just goes it goes on and on it goes on and on i i'd I'd be here all day (laughs) circuitously answering your question yeah because i did say one was the the, the first time you saw him. <laughs> I told you. I told you. This is a problem. This is a problem. That's I'm okay. Sorry. That's okay. No, I, so I remember when I was watching, um, it was his debut. I remember seeing him come out, and I'm like, who the hell is this Rocky Maivia clown? Like, he looks like <laughs> a, a monkey, like, just with, like, his stupid dress and his long, curly hair. He looked like a mix between, like... Um, like Prince and some NFL player. Like he, I just, I had no idea what he was doing and they tried so hard to get him over as like that prototypical baby face character. And it was like their biggest downfall because you could clearly see this guy had something going on. Yeah. Um, and he just like, it was so, I don't want to call it cookie cutter because he, his wrestling style was different, which you could notice. But like the character was just so cheesy. Like oh, it was cheesy. Oh, it was yeah. so cheesy. And so the best thing they did, and I I really wish that they would learn from this because it took them forever to figure this out with Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. But the best thing they did was they turned him heel when people didn't like him. Yeah. And it 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 all of a sudden that was the best thing ever. And then people slowly started to morph into liking him after the nation of domination piece. Uh, But that's when I think like I personally started to really like him. You mentioned like these different segments, Uh, the segments that would do it for me was when he would call Kevin Kelly, a hermaphrodite uh, or make fun of uh, Michael Cole. When he put the t-shirt on Michael Cole. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You stay right there. Uh, Yeah. That's what that's when The Rock was born, in my opinion, when he started doing that. It was like he had these one liners and he didn't even laugh, which was the craziest part. So that 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 to me was my first my yeah. first um, interaction with with The Rock. Um, yeah. So you got to you watched his. Did you watch it live? His I debut? did. I did. I remember him coming out because he, he was just a mystery opponent at the mm-hmm. time, right? Like, they didn't announce who he was or anything. Uh, he was part of that Survivor Series yeah. thing, right? With, like, yeah. Gary Wyndham and, and all that. Yeah. yeah, but he wasn't announced. It was just, like, mystery opponent, and it was yeah. supposed to be this, like, I figured it'd be somebody we all knew, and all of a sudden, it's Rocky Maivia, and I didn't know yeah. the background. Well, think, like, I, I mean, in some ways, it's like it kind of didn't make sense because for such a long time, Rocky Johnson was not in favor with WWF. So what right. the hell was going on? And he just like they <laughs> just introduces him as if like everybody would just know that. that I think that like, was it, like it kind of set him up. It was Rock was already behind the eight ball there. It was like, oh, OK, <laughs> you know. Right. I think that was half the issue. Like as a kid. You know, maybe some of the older people, wrestling fans, might have known, like, the background. I didn't understand any of that. Like, I just knew, okay, here's this goofy-looking guy with a stupid... You know, he kind of had, like, the Jimmy... And I think it was purposeful, where he had, like, the Jimmy Snuka look, Mm -hmm. but kind of looked like his dad. I I don't know. He he was a good mix of, of both, but again... 
I never saw Jimmy Snuka. I just knew the legends of Jimmy Snuka at that time. I don't know who Rocky Johnson is. Like, I had no idea. So I'm like, oh, here's some dude, like, that looks goofy with a tribal. Yeah, I mean, when you're like a younger kid, you have no idea, really. Yeah. Unless you had seriously been watching it forever. But, I mean, even at 14 when I first saw him, I really didn't know. I think maybe I heard it because you just hear the announcers talking about it. Yeah. But I, I never really knew and or watched anything that like Rocky Johnson did or Peter Maivia did. Like I didn't really watch any of that stuff. So I, I, I wasn't really aware of like the pedigree that he was coming from. Right. Agreed. I didn't either until, you know, really years later. Um, mm-hmm. But let's let's talk about the next step. So he goes in the Nation right. of Domination after this baby face run or whatever you want to call it, that really didn't work out. Yeah, and, he was, although he, did he was win. the victim of the Roman effect, as yeah, I that, affectionately call it now. Yeah, right. <laughs> it right. was it was the Roman effect before there was the Roman effect. Correct. So it, it, it was, yeah. He was the original Roman effect. <laughs> he was, except they, they, what happened, did you ever hear like kind of what happened? Like this is sort of what I've always heard is like he hurt his knee and took like a little bit of time off. But during that time, like he said, he almost got fired. Like they were still, they weren't sure exactly what to do with him. Yeah. I and did then he hear came that. back and he pulled, he, he joins the nation and then has that like famous promo where he kind of like addresses the fans and yes. he's like, die, Rocky dies. Like I'm yeah. a lot of things, but sucks isn't one of them. And that was kind of like a turning point for him. And you're like, yeah, there you go. There's a little right. fire. There's a little character, something to get behind, something to hate. So did you like his? Nation of Domination run, or do you think it was more of like a necessary evil that happened? You know, I I when I look back on it in retrospect, I think it was really good. At the yeah. time, I was just like, "What is this?" I think I I I I don't know. I was just I was a dumb kid. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I didn't really understand all of it. So I was just like, "Oh, this is a bad guy." You know, I wasn't I wasn't thinking of the nuances of professional wrestling at you know like. 13 and 14 so that's true no and, and i think i think i was the same way uh, but looking back at it now i look back and i look at some of those guys that he was with like um, oh it's kind of stacked oh yeah farouk <laughs> and um the godfather there i mean those are two veteran guys that i think he if it weren't for them i'm not sure his wrestling career would have shaped the way that it did and i think it took that farouk Ron Simmons leadership piece yeah. to really help get the rock over because it almost was that battle of power where the rock wasn't on that level yet. No, not at all. Yeah. You, you saw little, you, you saw like tiny glimpses. There would be little bright spots here and there. Yeah. And I get the sense that Vince probably wanted Ron Simmons and, and uh, I was going to say Kama Mustafa. It's not wrong. I mean, it's not wrong, but <laughs> he, he probably wanted those guys to just like mentor him a little bit, which makes sense. You want to have a younger guy with some like seasoned veterans to just like help him learn the ropes of the business and to just get more comfortable with his character and discovering it. So I, I think the nation did him a really good service because it gave him some safety because he had these other guys not necessarily to hide behind but he had their support like it wasn't just him on his own he sort of yeah. had like the the protection of a group which yeah. i thought was really well done okay. and there was a there was a table for three that little like show that's on the network yeah and they had i think it was godfather delo and mark henry and delo actually like talks about how he gave the name the people's elbow he was on commentary on Raw, and he and they showed the clip, and he's like talking to him, and he's like, "And this is a gift for the people, the people's elbow." And it was something about like the Rock couldn't throw a left elbow, so he would just run the ropes and then come back and throw the right elbow. And it was just really, it's funny to like hear about some of the backstories of that of those things, like and them just like giving him shit because they were like, "You don't know how to throw a left elbow," and he's like, "No," and he just run down the ropes and come back and lay the right one down. So that's why there's the people's elbows because the rock's hilarious. Know how to throw a, a a left elbow drop. I did not realize that. That's actually hysterical. So, okay, so he goes into the nation of domination. He's gained traction as a heel, right? What What are the next parts that you remember of the Rock and kind of how he grew into his career as a wrestler? 
Well, I think one thing that really helped him grow was, you know, working with an ultimate fighter in Ken Shamrock. I think I, say. I, I think Ken Shamrock doesn't get a lot of love. And I know way back when we in our first season, we had a little Hall of Fame episode and I talked about Ken Shamrock. And I know that I got a lot of shit for bringing up Ken Shamrock. However, I do think that he served a pretty good role uh, in bringing Rock up. Because even though Shamrock himself hadn't been wrestling that long, he was very good in the ring. I think he he was talented. I think he had an intensity. And I think he kind of was able to bring a little bit of that out of the Rock in like the feud that they had. They went from... I think from February that year through King of the Ring, where they ended up fighting in the finals. And each match got better and better. Uh, So I think having those experiences was incredibly helpful. And then transitioning to probably his most, one of the most famous rivals behind Austin is Triple H. Agreed. I mean, that watching him sort of come into his own as he sort of moved away from the nation was really, really interesting to watch. And you kind of saw how him getting more comfortable in that heel role got him over with the fans. The fans started just buying into him because he was such a good heel and he was kind of funny and he was pulling some funnier promos again. He was starting to like incorporate a little bit more humor and (laughs) I, people were just like, I kind of like this guy, (laughs) you know, I know he's supposed to be a bad guy and DX is really cool, but I'm kind of liking him. Like, A turning point for me after like kind of I think it was right at the end of the nation because I know Mark Henry was involved in this match. But SummerSlam 98, he has a ladder match against Triple H for the Intercontinental title. It's one of the greatest SummerSlam matches. It's one of the great ladder matches. I know. And both of those guys aren't necessarily high flyers. And I think that's why it's such a good match, because it's sort of like both of these guys are a little bit out of their element and they're in this match together. And. They had Rock and Triple H, I think, had real like underrated chemistry together. Yeah. It probably stemmed from a lot of the backstage stuff that was happening at the time where both of them were in big time competition because talk about two guys that were parallels. It was yeah. Rock and Triple H just every step of the way, they were kind of neck and neck. Yeah, and I, I just to kind of yeah, kind yeah of sure. make a point with that, um, I just think those two have a very detailed personality like the Mm -hmm. thing you look at about these superstars back in that day and the rock is a prime example is they worked their fucking tails off Mm -hmm. to get where they are i'm not saying the superstars of today don't have that again but again the common thread here that we always talk about and and the rock is the perfect example because he talks about the seven bucks in his pocket right Mm-hmm. With his, well, that's at a right. low point, right. but like these guys had nothing and had to scrape and claw to get to the top. So what did they have to do? They had to fight to get where they were. And that just creates so much more compelling TV when you're up against the wall and you have nothing else. Like you have to be good. You have to put your all into it. And the rock is a prime example. It's not just in his career, but it's with, you know, his, his, and not just his wrestling career, but his movie career as well. Mm-hmm. And that the guy's a hard worker and you get what you put in. And I think a lot of, a lot of today, the, the wrestlers don't have that because it becomes that, you know, scale where, you know, you get signed really young and mm-hmm. you kind of build and whatever. But back to The Rock, um, the chemistry part of it is fantastic right like i think that's missing a lot today too is they don't have these feuds like they had back in the day i mean look at the the the, the crazy part is look at the rock mankind triple h stone cold some of his best rivalries right and those are are, yeah yeah those are the biggest superstars probably in i mean you could say top 10 superstars in ww history big time big time and he had he had absolute classics with them absolute yeah and and the thing is they weren't not all of them were great wrestling matches like no. they're not gonna they're not like five star like, wrestling yeah, like matches. that i quit matches not like a wrestling clinic no but it's the little details like grabbing the microphone and mm-hmm. you know like talking shit while he's wrestling mankind right. that was i mean that's something that was kind of innovative at the time he was grabbing the headset during the match 
to get what was he, he was doing like a water break and <laughs> running down mankind and i know i brought this up in the foley episode but it was like they they created like this little inside joke where every time he grabbed the mic and started talking shit he got his ass beat by mankind every, yeah. every time it happened if you watch every single match he grabs yeah. it starts talking mankind beats him up and it's just like right at the table every single time and like yeah. rock wouldn't learn his lesson every just couldn't right. help himself he had to go and start talking shit Right. No. And, and, and I agree with that. The other, the other part of it too, is like at this point, like the rock is really gaining steam on the microphone. He was. Right? Like I'm going to go out there and say the rock is the best, the best on the microphone in the business, like of all time, like that, in my opinion. Right. Mm. And you can debate with some other people and that's completely fine, but he really developed into that. And like to see him do what he did, you don't see that today. Like I, I and, and I, I know I'm comparing it today and I, yeah. I, I, no, I, know, I get I in this trap all the time, but it just, it's crazy. I think there's a lot of limitations with creative and, and, and everything like that, but there are a lot of times I watch it today and I cringe at what people oh, are yeah. saying. Like, okay. I almost like, I'm like, I'm in ba- I like, dude, I have like secondhand embarrassment for them. Like when they're on the <laughs> microphone and <laughs> you have vicarious trauma when you're yeah. watching them just crash and burn. Yeah, but watching The Rock is like, it's like refreshing. It's hilarious. And it, it he could have got on the microphone and said anything. Like, I mean, listen to his catchphrase. The guy says, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Like, that is the most ridiculous oh, yeah. catchphrase of all time. And he made it into gold, right? Well, and that was the start of everything. Speaking of ridiculous, I mean, look no further than what we were just talking about. The people's elbow. I know. Mankind in an interview once was saying the most ridiculous (laughs) thing in all of wrestling was the people's elbow. And then he didn't want to lay down for it. I mean, of course, the very next match he laid down for it and got it. But it's just the things that that guy was able to get over as ridiculous as they are on paper is, is astounding. It is, but it's it's transitioned into his Hollywood career. Like yeah. some of the stuff that he's done, it, it's it's crazy, and we'll we'll touch on that towards the end. But let's let's continue with this career here because I wanna I wanna I wanna keep this going. So he he gets out of the the nation. He gets domination. out of the nation. He well, all right. He turns face in ninety eight. Yes. Right, like yes. after that whole SummerSlam. But thing, it was I organic. It, it was. wasn't like a. It wasn't like this crazy push it was just an organic baby face turn yeah. which is what it, you love it was sort of like well we might as well you kind of run for it and do you remember the uh survivor series in 98 they had this huge tournament the whole pay-per-view was essentially a tournament yeah. for the vacated title loved and it. it was i know it was kind of amazing so yeah. crazy the concept up, right? the lead up to all that was mcmahon like he was getting involved again and this time his sights were set on the rock and preventing yeah. the rock from being champion yeah. and mankind was being used as like the corporate stooge at the time you know he was like he was <laughs> yeah. trying to get vince to adopt them <laughs> and it was yeah. like it was, it was actually really hysterical but so the the rock has like a series of matches throughout that night at that pay-per-view and do you remember there's one thing that i always it was one of like i don't know why it's just like such a like joe cool moment at one point shamrock gets on the apron during rock's match with boss man and he goes to throw the nightstick and I don't know why I thought this was so cool, but like Rock like snags it, like backhands it, like out of midair. And I don't know why I just thought that was like such a smooth ass move. Like I could never catch that. No. If you threw it right to my chest, it bounced right off. I'm yeah. the most unathletic person ever. So watching that was so impressive. And I don't know why that's like the biggest standout from that, because at the end of that pay-per-view, there's this huge heel turn. And, yep. you know, they reenact the, the Montreal screw job and Rock ends up becoming the corporate champion. And so once again, he they kind of like reset it yep. and the crowd starts hating him again. Yeah. And it's a build up to possibly like at, at that moment, one of the biggest matches of his career, which is against Austin at WrestleMania 15. And that 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 lead up begins right after Survivor Series. Yeah. But the crazy part about that is you could arguably say even before that the intercontinental yeah. run that he had with Austin and Triple oh H. Oh my gosh! Like, that, yes. Remember when they he threw the smoking? No, that wasn't the. No, he, that was. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe I have this mixed up because I again I get it all fuzzy sometimes. Because it, it kind of all blends. Because you does. can you can be like, did this all just happen on the same show? But I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I remember what you're talking about. I think it might have been. I don't know if Austin was hurt 
or something was going on, but he was Intercontinental Champion at the time. I think it was like at the end of 97 and him and Rock are in the ring with Vince and he's saying something and, and Austin basically says he wants to go for a bigger title and he like basically just relinquishes the t- the Intercontinental yes. title. Yes. And Rock picks it up and then he stuns Rock. So you're right. Yeah. You're right. That's yeah. that's what it was. I just I remember their their feud started way before it actually yeah. they were main eventers. Like And it was it, short then. It was short. It was like a but short I think little... it was because Austin was hurt. Yeah, I think he needed to rest up a little bit before that big run in ninety eight happened where he sort of goes to WrestleMania and wins the title. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay, so he goes in the corporate anyway. the, the, <laughs> the corporate feud. Um and you know, and then I, I think that's really like he, he was already starting to build momentum, but he he had this larger than life personality mm-hmm. that I think caught you know, at that time he started getting in, in a lot of mainstream media. Like more so than normal, right? Like Hulk Hogan was really big in the eighties, early nineties, like when he did all of his movies and he was like on cartoon shows and mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. We hadn't really seen a lot of that in a while, right? And I think The Rock was starting to be able to, you know, he could hold his own in interviews. He was just he was just an entertaining guy. And I think as you start to see him gain popularity again, that mainstream made media really, really helped. I mean, he was in songs. I mean, this was later, but do you, he was in he was in a he was on a Wyclef Jean, oh, yeah. which. <laughs> I know I it seems ridiculous, but he was, you know, you're right. And then and, years down the road, he releases his own rap song. I, know, I know. I I know he does. Yeah. Which is fire. You know, of course it is, you know, with, with, uh, tech nine. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. But okay. So, you know, he starts doing all this stuff. We talk about being good on the mic, right? One of my favorite moments, um, because that was going to be one of my questions, right? We, mm-hmm. As we we'll, we'll pause in the in his career here and talk about some of our favorite moments here. Mm-hmm. And you you listed this on our on our worksheet here, and I've talked about it before. But one of my favorite moments is when Y two J makes his debut and comes on against the and and he, his first thing, boom, right there, the Rock. I mean, you get thrown into the fire, and I think Y two J is one of the best on the mic too. And you put those two together and it was fantastic. Oh my God. I mean, that is, I think one of my favorite, I wouldn't even call it a rock promo because it's sort no. of like, it's just a great exchange between two yeah. guys that are just so comfortable on the microphone and had a really good command of the crowd. So I, those guys are, were incredible together. That That's another, I, I mean, again, just side note, underrated rivalry is rock and Jericho. They Agreed. had good chemistry as well. It, and it probably didn't get enough attention. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think at that time, Jericho, um, this isn't a Jericho podcast, but no. uh, I think at that time, Jericho was trying, he was the enemy coming into WWE, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think he had a lot of backstage heat with a lot of people. And he, for someone who comes in from WCW, he got a pretty good push. Um, but I don't think he got exactly what he wanted. And I think that rivalry could have been a lot better. You know, I think it could have been one of his better ones. I just don't think he got the due justice he deserves at that point. Um, But The Rock is like, I mean, at this point, he's he's teaming with mankind. He's yeah. I mean, he's doing everything like Like, this is like summer of 99. And he's like really hitting his stride. He's yeah. And and, and I'll tell you. It helps because uh, John Cena recently talked about the state of the wrestling economy, right? Mm -hmm. And when wrestling's hot, it's hot. And if you're riding that lightning bolt and you're hot too, you're going to make strides. And you could arguably say that 99-ish time frame, wrestling was one of, it was probably at its hottest peak, right? And you got Mm -hmm. Stone Cold and The Rock who are just leading the charge, right? And I I think he was able to capitalize on that um, because he's got all these eyeballs on him. Right. You got millions of viewers every week turning in or tuning in and and you got the rock on there who's just absolutely killing it with all of these big superstars that that know what they're doing. They have experience, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And and he's able to capitalize on a lot of that. Um, and it's just that you, you talked about the chemistry with Triple H. I think the chemistry with mankind, pretty much all the big yeah. superstars really helped him. Well, you know, it's interesting because all of those guys brought out very different sides 
of each other. They did. Where, you know, it, if you look back to early stuff with DX and the nation, that was sort of like the comedic side of Triple H. But then later on, there's a very serious side of Triple H that gets brought out while Rock is the one that's kind of joking and making fun of him. So they yep. ha- they sort of like kind of switch places at some point in their rivalry. And with Mankind, it brought a more like jovial side to the Rock because Mankind kind of had that like just heartwarming kind of like goofy character, you know, and he was yeah, just like trying to joke with Rock. Yeah, he was like really lovable and he's trying to get the Rock to like be his friend and like <laughs> yeah. watch the bond and he gives him his book. And <laughs> it's like, but it was it was really good kind of like slapstick there. Like they were very yeah. much like the odd couple and it was really they they played off each other really well. They did. And you know what's funny is it we talk about sometimes like how often in wrestling when they try to do comedy it's like feels very forced comedy yeah and it's not very good the these were moments where it felt very like natural like it was just even if they meant for it to be funny it actually came off that way and it was really it was really well done like look back at speaking of like different segments and promos this is your life there's one of the highest rated raw segments of all time and it it was like a half hour long of the rock of mankind just bringing out all these different figures like his old gym coach his old girlfriend like <laughs> his old one of his old teachers like it was hysterical yeah no Mike, I don't disagree. I agree with everything you said there. Um, so if you were talking about, I mean, obviously this is probably the the meat potatoes of the Rock's career yeah, at this point, yeah. right? Um, as far as wrestling is concerned. Sure. Um, and uh, for me, my favorite moment, um, I, you, you mentioned the, you know, this is the the Rock, um, uh, the, the Rock's Live, this is the Rock's Live promo. Um, I mean, there's so many good promos that he had and so many great God, moments so that he had. Um, one of my favorites was, um, you know, I, when he would make fun of, like, uh, Kurt Angle and Triple H, <laughs> and I think it was Armageddon where they had that Hell in the Cell. And I don't know if this is the same. You called it a jelly yeah, donut. That's the, that is, is it the one? The one? Okay, it's I wasn't the, sure. <laughs> I'm not trying to steal your thunder here. You can no, elaborate no. on it. But to me, that one stands out the best. When he makes fun of every single it superstar was. and does it within like a five-minute period, and he makes fun of the, the uh, Stone Cold, Rikishi, Undertaker, and, uh, and Kurt Angle. I mean, talk about a great wrestling main event like oh. that's fantastic i mean that was armageddon it, that could have been an all-time classic you know <laughs> it was so good it was like well it was that first the first time they had like more than two people in a hell in a cell match it was like that six pack yeah. match yeah. and him just running down what did he say about kurt angle when he was like Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna drink my milk and eat my cookies. <laughs> I'm gonna take three Viagra and he was just yeah. like, like random. <laughs> oh, shut your mouth! <laughs> oh, it was so good. And when he would make fun of Triple H, oh, and dude. I'm the game. Ah. <laughs> Uh, it's so it good. So I mean, good. Classic stuff that I mean, you just it, it was fantastic. Again, the mic work was just so good. I mean, he literally has the ability to control a crowd with saying anything he wants, and I think he's one of the few wrestlers that have the ability to do that. Well, you so. know what I always thought was cool for a little while. I think it was in '99 where he would come out and he'd stand on the turnbuckle. And before the match even started, he'd just pull a promo and he would have like sometimes like I think like Wayne Gretzky was in the audience once. Nomar Garcia Parra was in the audience. once. He would just sort of pull promos like including some of these people that were sitting front row. And what was one of my favorites was when he pulled something on Billy Gunn and he was like, you look to the heavens and you pray, God help me. And God looks down and he says, Kevin but my name is Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. It's so good. I don't know why it was so good. It was. I mean, the guy would, the guy would come out in these ridiculous shirts and his loafers, his penny loafers, like, and, and just absolutely kill it, man. It was, it really was unbelievable. So he starts taking off right at this point. And, um, and he's, he's won championships. Um, You know, he, he really is just like on fire at yeah. this point in his career. Um, 
you know, we talk about a favorite moment. To me, one of my favorite moments on top of that was also when he came back as the WrestleMania host after not being around for for years mm-hmm. and they're like oh we got this special guest and the host i forget what wrestlemania it was you probably know it off the top of your head 27 um, i thought for sure it was gonna be like justin bieber or something and the rock comes out dude i remember like drinking water and just throwing the water bottle up in the air and at that point i was wrestling was driving me crazy because mm-hmm. wwe was just garbage i feel like at that point yeah he comes back and it was like a whole new lease on life um and it was it was awesome right because he he had become hollywood rock like he he was in between all of this and and i remember when he left you know we so he becomes real popular Mm -hmm. just to kind of set the stage here right and we have a whole episode on this we don't need to get into too much depth but i mean you know he was at one point, like he gets into this Hollywood scene and the fans are upset. They're, he, you know, mm-hmm. he gains all this popularity and you almost feel betrayed by him because he's, he's at the, the pinnacle of his career mm-hmm. and he leaves and he goes and does Hollywood and yeah. you think that he's pretty much done with WWE and he starts coming back and it's not the same and he turns heel again and he creates this whole other run that if you want to hear about this, go back and listen to our episode on yeah. this. Um, but it was fantastic. And, mm-hmm. and he transforms into this whole different character, comes back, and now it's like he's got this mythical status, right? I think he's he's gained the respect of a lot of WWE. He, he doesn't have to do any of this mm-hmm. stuff um, where he has to come back. At this point, he's like ruling Hollywood, and he doesn't have to come back. And he still does, right? He still mm-hmm. does here and there, and it becomes a really special moment every time he does. Yeah, you know, it, it, I, I think you kind of hit it right on the head. He reached a, a legacy status. So it yeah. moved beyond just, oh, you're leaving again. You're doing this. You're doing that. Because uh, the, we did do an episode on this. So it's just sort of like briefly, hey, he was, I don't think wrestling fans were ready for this sort of transition of having superstars who also had mainstream and Hollywood appeal. I think now it's way more acceptable where people are going to take time off and they go do a movie and they come back and, and dot, da dot, da da. But at the time that was kind of, it was really hard for the crowd to accept that they were losing him. So what did they do? You lash out, you get angry, you get pissed off and rock being the hard worker that he is, was able to adjust that on the fly and say, all right, good. So then I'll be a heel. You want to hate me? I'll give you a reason to. And he just kept, and he rolled with it and it became successful for him. And, yeah. and it just, it ro- he rolled with the punches. And I say that because he had an influence on other superstars that eventually would have this kind of problem. John Cena, most notably, was able to roll with punches. Yeah, I, we, it's a little off topic, so just forgive me. But if it, I, I don't think if you didn't see Rock do what he did, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have had that level of, uh, for John Cena to, be able to turn a crowd when they are clearly not behind him or right. they're angry with him or whatever. I think that was something that took Roman a long time to learn too. But if you look at that, that blueprint was there back in like Oh two Oh three when rock was doing that Hollywood run. Nope. You're you hit it right on. You hit the nail on the head there, Mike. I, I agree with that 110%. And, you know, the one thing that always bothered me, though, I mean, we talk about his career and you look mm-hmm. at it and it's it's crazy. And in, in wrestling terms, it probably was shorter than it could be. Um, but it's great to see a guy like The Rock really take and I'm going to call it the Hulk Hogan path because mm-hmm. he took that Hulk Hogan path and he blew it out of the water big time i mean he literally anything he touches right now is gold right and i think a lot of it is you see this guy who works really hard who you can tell is passionate about pretty much all the stuff that he does um and he's just a a a really likable guy but the one thing I, i i never really understood as far as the wrestling was concerned you never saw him feud with Shawn michaels Right. And it was one thing like Shawn Michaels could be one of the, you know, we talk about it, one of the best workers of all time. You can hate or love the guy as much as you want. And I, you know, we, mm-hmm. again, we talk about this till we're blue in the face, especially with the Bret Hart episodes we did. Right. But he, I, I always wonder what would have happened if these two, 
you know, had the same rivalry that maybe Austin had. And maybe not the first run of Shawn Michaels, but the second run of Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, we never got the opportunity. I don't really know a lot of the details as to why, um, but that was always one one avenue I kind of wished we were able to see. Yeah, I agree with that. I think despite how whatever might have been going on between the two of them, I think that could have been a good, really good rivalry. Uh, yeah. Uh, is there any other rivalry that you, you you wish we could have saw? I mean, we were lucky enough to get the John Cena one. I think that was great. I mean, it was a trilogy, right? We got... Yeah. You know, for me, I, I always had it in my head that I always thought Rock could have had like one of those WrestleMania matches against Taker. I think, you know, at the time when Taker was sort of having those like five-star classics, I think that could have been a time to have like Rock come back and do something with him there. But uh, other than that, for some reason, I really wanted Rock and Randy Orton. I just think two third-generation guys, I think it would have been a really cool story. Yeah, that would have been a good one. I never even thought about Randy Orton. Um, I guess it depends on the day with Randy Orton, but I think The Rock would have elevated him mm-hmm. to a level where he would have been the the passionate yeah. Randy Orton you, yeah. that you get. You know? Absolutely. He could have been that legend killer sort of like really hyper fixated and just I, I think he could have brought out some like serious intensity for Orton because yeah. I mean he didn't get much bigger than that. Yeah. You know, the first the 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 first third generation superstar to to be successful in WWE and then you you're against the the other one, you know, the 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 modern day third generation superstar. So I I think that could have been a really good match. I think Orton has great like unbelievable in-ring skills like that guy is incredibly smooth yeah i just think that it would have been a good complement of styles there because they yeah they it would work that what is it called like that main event style like yeah. they're not they, there is going to be no high flying in that match no like, but i mean listen if you could put on the I, I give you this example look at look at the hogan match i mean that was a match that had it didn't again, need anything yeah, you didn't even need to wrestle. Like <laughs> you just stood there and the crowd was going crazy. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's moments like that that really elevate the Rock's career mm-hmm. and it's a great example as to you know the the versatility of wrestling, right? Like you can look at wrestling from many different views. You can look at it mm-hmm. from, you know, what what people do in the ring and to me we focus a lot on that where we have these five-star matches and we love the guys, the Bret yeah. Hart's of the world and, 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 and the Shawn Michaels of the world. But, but the rock doesn't, he, you, you wouldn't look at the rocks career and say, Hey, this guy's one of the best technical wrestlers of all time. No, it's what he did in the entertainment value. And I think it was perfect because he was a good blend. Like he could wrestle. I'm not going to tell you he's the best wrestler, no. but he elevated guys. And it was things that he would do that, you know, would go unnoticed that mm-hmm. would help elevate a guy. And, and I think, you know, if people saw that today, you, you don't have to be the, the Bret Hart's, the Kurt Angles of the world to be yeah, a good wrestler. Brian you, Danielsons. you don't have you don't, to, but you need those guys, mm-hmm. but you can go down a career path and still do well being entertaining and really kill it. You know? Um, right. Because what you're talking about is like, he had this, that's why I called it the main event style. There's like right. there is like a style that these guys use. Um, for like a recent example, if you watch the WrestleMania Backlash main event, that's a main event style match. Yeah, with that six man match. And when you look at some of the Rock's matches, it's very much like that. Yeah. He's not someone who's gonna. I mean, he doesn't do the flips. He doesn't do any of that stuff. And he's you're right. He's not like a technical wizard here. However, what he did, he did really well, which was he knew how to sell. He had a good comeback, and the guy could cut a hell of a promo, sometimes in the middle of the match. And I think because of that, he had a he, and he also had a presence in the ring. So I think when you have all four of those qualities together, that's why he's standing in the middle of the ring with Hogan or he's standing in the middle of the ring with Cena, and people are going crazy. They didn't have to do anything. And I think that shows that you can, in a way, keep it simple. There isn't, you don't have to overthink, what, am I, what do I need to do to get over what do I need to do to get the crowd invested in something? Yeah. No, you're right. You're 100% right. You know, my next question was going to be, what legacy do you think The Rock leaves with with wrestling fans? But I, I, I don't even think we need to hit on that. No, I think, I think, I, I think of, we kind of answered it. 
I think that kind of covers really a lot of it. Um, But I mean, as a kid growing up, obviously, you know, in me knowing you now, I think The Rock is your favorite superstar. Would I? Oh, favorite of all time. Yeah. Okay. So, so what is it about The Rock that makes you love him so much? I mean, listen, we talked about a lot that kind of encompasses that, but like in a brief summary, what would it be that? makes you enjoy him so much because I think that's going to be the sentiment that a lot of fans have. You know, there was something about him that I think there's a quality about a guy who worked as hard as he did and watching him on the screen, there was something that captivated me that was different than the way Stone Cold did. Stone Cold was very much the everyman. You yeah. could look at him and be like, you know, like my dad could be him, you know, like that's <laughs> this guy just like going to work and he hates his boss. But Rock was such a larger than life character and like was more so of like an aspiration. You're like, I want to be like that. I want to have the confidence to be able to tell this guy off and run him down and to not be uh, intimidated in the face of challenges like that guy. I mean, his mo- his moniker, just bring it was something that I think a lot of people still use today. So I think for me, even as like a little kid, you know, at that time where I was, I needed that. And, and that just drew me in. And, and I think ever since that time, I've always had that, like, I don't know, like this tether to this guy. And and so I think I'm always going to be a a huge rock fan. I've probably for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah, no. And I, and I think it goes along saying where, if you watch a lot of the, and again, you know what, call me a puppet if you want to, that's completely fine. But I look at a lot of his, you know, Instagram videos and things that he's doing where he mm-hmm. relates to people and helps people in need. Right. And he's, he's not about himself. Like that's the crazy thing in wrestling. He was, but it was funny because that's not who he is as a real person. No, you know? he he's incredibly compassionate and, and take care of the people around him. It, you know, uh, to put it in like comic book nerd terms, everybody thinks Batman is cool because you can relate to him, but everybody aspires to be Superman. Right. That's yeah. the, that's the way, best way I can put it. And that's, that's Stone a, Cold in the Rock right there. Yeah, that's a great way to that's a great way to put it. For me, I look at it like this. Um, as a fan of wrestling, I kind of look at it from the the big you know three sixty view. You can you know you take a giant step back and it's. Yeah, I think Brock Lesnar said this recently. It's like, what can you do to draw money? And I mm-hmm. take that to a different level. Forget about drawing money. Yeah. What can you do to make me want to tune in every week to watch you? Absolutely. Like, what is it that you're doing? And if you can do that, I don't care how you do it, but if you find a way to do that, and The Rock, anytime you hear that he's coming back, you got to watch. Oh, you yeah. Know? You got to watch. I mean, I was, I, I've, have you, actually, you know, let me ask you, you, you went to WrestleMania 14. Yes. So you got to see The Rock. I did. And it was good. I, I mean, it was good. I, I'll be honest. I, you know, that wasn't what I remember from the show. Well, he was a mid carter at that <laughs> point. Like... You could debate whether he's a mid carter at that yeah, point. Yeah. But he, he was not in the main event. He was in the middle of the card. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and it was it was great. But, I mean, he didn't pull any promos, no. really. You know, he didn't do anything out of the ordinary. Um, did, did you ever get to see him during, like, the big run that he had? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I think WrestleMania 14 was probably the only time, you know, there might've been some events I went to like a raw or something. Yeah. Um, actually I think I saw him at, uh, at a survivor series in Boston or SmackDown. He came out, uh, and it was awesome. Like, I think he actually, it was during the Wyclef Jean thing. And mm-hmm. I remember him coming out. I think he came out with McMahon and I don't remember the basis. I honestly, I get it all mixed together at this point. Uh, but it, it was pretty awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. the crowd just goes wild for him. And, and it, it's one of those things, man. I, he just has, again, I, I can't relate it to anything other than mythical no. status. Yeah. And the more he keeps doing these movies and gaining these, these fans. And, and it, it, it's not just fans that were 
watching wrestling when he was really big. Now it's fans like kids when they watch Jumanji or, right. you know, movies like that, or you got black Adam coming up and mm-hmm. I'm sure he's going to kill that too. Like the funny thing is his movie career, he had a bunch of duds at the beginning and they were bad movies, but I, I think they tried to morph him into this guy. Like he'll even tell you, mm-hmm. They wanted him to be skinny. Like there was a point where he lost a lot of weight, yeah. right? And and he tried to morph into what Hollywood wanted him to be. And that wasn't the rock, right? No. And so finally he's I think he just kind of said, fuck it, and and went with, you know, he guy likes to work out. He's a big dude. And he just went with it. And I think that's when he really started to take off when you can be yourself. And that's what made The Rock well, great when he if, could be himself. It, dude, if that is not like another another example like from his wrestling career i don't know what is so yeah he, so he was listening to other people too much and was was kind of in his own head and then he finally starts like just sort of being himself and suddenly he gets over <laughs> yeah. in hollywood and it's like oh here we go like well, now right. he's taking off it's not right. it's not a surprise no no and everything he touches like i said turns to gold like it's rare that he doesn't i'm really curious to see a, the real test is going to be the xfl here i knew you were going to bring that up because it's failed so many times. And the last time really wasn't. I kind of blame COVID for the last time. <laughs> yeah, right. But, and you could debate, debate it all you want, but I'm curious to see how it works out here. Oh, me um, too. I'm very curious. And uh, this isn't like an NFL versus XFL no, no, thing. No. And I think he's doing it the right way. And, and, and we'll see. I mean, I don't know how much control he has over it. I think it's in Danny Garcia's hands and he's kind of just, really trying to gain the steam with her mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he'll do it the right way. Plus the guy knows football. Like, it's not like he doesn't know football. Like he's been a player. And I think mm-hmm. that goes along with a lot of the experiences that he's had, right? Like you start from nothing. He knows what it's like to be an NFL player that couldn't get there. Um, right. And, right. and, and now he can kind of bring that experience to the XFL. Um, so, you know, I, I'm curious to see how it all pans out. I have faith that it'll it'll work out in some yeah. way, shape, or form. It's The Rock. The guy has an energy drink that really doesn't taste all that great, and it's still doing well. So that's The Rock for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's let's. Let, I know we have a few minutes left here. Yeah. But let's let's wrap it up with this. What are some things maybe we missed or didn't hit on that you wanted to touch on with The Rock? Well, I I think one for. I guess in terms of like matches, I just want to put out there that if people haven't watched this particular match, to go on the network and check it out. It's from Breakdown in 98. It's a triple threat cage match. Mankind, Shamrock, and Rock. Listen to the promo that The Rock cuts beforehand. It's fantastic. And listen to that crowd when he comes out. I think it's like a September or October pay-per-view or something like that. I forget exactly where in the timeline it is, but it's before that Survivor Series event and that whole ordeal. But that is, I think, like a talking about turning points. I think that's sort of like an uh, something that goes like unnoticed is that particular pay per view and just how intensely that crowd was behind the Rock at the time. And just you can see, you can see they were getting ready to put the rocket strap on them, big time. And the match itself is really good. There's some great spots in that match. I think Mankind, Shamrock, and Rock really put on a hell of a show. Uh, the, also, you see, I think, one of the only examples of the double people's elbow. So if you want to see The Rock put the people's elbow on both Mankind and Ken Shamrock, you should go for it. Um, yeah, that's that's great. I, I haven't. I don't remember that one. I I'm myself. I'm gonna go back and check that one out. Um, I, I'll tell you, there's one thing we didn't hit on that I I meant to talk about. That um, you know, we we talked a lot in this episode about you know the Rock kind of transitioning into this guy that has compassion, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing a story, and I don't know if you've heard this story or not and i'm probably gonna butcher it so if i do like you can fill in my errors but he at one point i think when he first started there was a a, a, an episode there was a interview with him and he talked about it recently maybe within the last five or ten years where when he first started as a superstar he would be out you know like at like a waffle house or something and um fans would come up to him and he would kind of blow them off Right. Mm -hmm. And 
it was at one point he realized, and I don't know if it was a superstar or somebody that told him like, Hey man, like you got to give these guys the time of the day. Like they're the ones supporting you. And so at one point, I think a fan came up to him and asked like, Hey, can I have your autograph? And he's like, Hey, I'm the rock. I'm out here. Like just trying to eat my, eat my, eat my breakfast or my dinner. Like you need to leave me alone. And I think at that point, the fan like had this, really disappointing look on his face mm-hmm. and someone said something to him and it was from that moment on where he realized hey like this is not about me it's not about my time like it's about what i can give back to some of these people and i don't know how he realized it but you've seen from that moment like the guy is like we talked about all over the place and and willing to talk to fans and go out and help people in need. And like, even like today he'll, the the Hollywood tour bus stops by all the time and he's in his truck and he'll be like, Hey, what's going on guys. (laughs) (laughs) He'll just like ask for directions somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just like that sense of humility, right? Where you're, you're looking at it and, and you can have compassion with, with the people. Oh yeah are your fans and have that connection. And I just think it goes a really long way. Um, had you heard that story before? I had heard that story and it's like kind of interesting, right? Like the, just seeing how he was able to learn from those experiences and, and, and make adjustments to sort of how he approaches the yeah. people around him who are actually supporting him. That's the thing. They're the ones that are helping him make this money. They're the ones yeah. that are helping him be as successful as he is. He's not just doing it in a vacuum. Yeah. Especially in wrestling. Yeah. No, I agree. So, you know, to kind of sum it up, I know we talked a lot about his career and I know we didn't get into the minutiae of like a lot of the different wrestling things. However, we talk a lot about the rock in a lot of our former podcasts. So, you know, if you want more, you know, in-depth knowledge of the wrestling part and, and all of that, go back, listen to our episodes, you know, and, and you'll, you'll see a a trend there. And, 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 maybe future episodes will be us just highlighting certain rivalries with the rock or highlighting certain shows that he was featured on. And we can get more in depth that way. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this is more of like a love affair for the rock as a a human and as a spotlight. Um, But like to, to wrap it up here, Mikey cash, um, (laughs) I want to ask you in, in the, in the rocks words here, if you could, you know, Give us, give us a little bit of what he would say to end this, this episode on himself. Well, I think number one, Big Vito, you are the biggest piece of trash that The Rock has ever seen. And you're an absolute idiot for asking The Rock such a stupid question. Because The Rock ain't going to talk about this episode because it ain't all about The Rock. It ain't all about talking about The Rock's accolades. See, The Rock ain't focusing on that. The Rock doesn't focus on the past. The Rock focuses on the future. So that brings The Rock to Roman Reigns. So The Rock wants to talk to his little tribal jabroni cousin and acknowledge you, if you will. The Rock says Roman has been running his mouth, talking about all the things that he's accomplished. Oh, acknowledge me. Acknowledge the things that I've done. Well, The Rock says this. If you think you've done anything, it's absolutely nothing compared to The Rock. And all the things you think you've accomplished, let The Rock give you a little lesson then. Let The Rock give you some advice. You can go around. The Rock wants you to go to Best Buy, buy yourself a laptop, buy some blank CDs, burn yourself a Greatest Hits DVD. And The Rock says he wants you to shine that bitch up real nice, turn it sideways, and stick it straight up your candy ass. Because when the fact of the matter is this, you think you are the head of the table. You and your jabroni little cousins, your Rudy Pooh candy ass Usos, talking about how we're the big dogs, we're the head of the table, we're feeding our families. You three jabronis are just three chihuahuas sitting underneath the table feeding off the scraps that The Rock gives you. So The Rock says this, come WrestleMania, Hollywood, you'll be dealing with the real head of the table, the people's head of the table, the people's champ. If you smell but the rock is cooking. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it right here from the horse's mouth. Sort of. Right, yeah, sort of. I hey, listen, that was a great impression. Mike Cash does the best rock impressions. Uh it does a great rock impression. But no, I agree. I think I really hope The Rock does end his career here with one more match against Roman Reigns. I think it just comes so, full too. circle. Yeah, I mean, look, he could end his career and not have another match right and be perfectly fine but i just think one more match right one more time in the spotlight (laughs) with with his family member right roman reigns would really just you know kind of put a 
put a stamp on on the end of his career here in the in the wrestling sense. It could be it could be really interesting. It could be. You know, I mean, look at I I saw a video of him the other day, and the guy's thighs are tree trunks right now. So my God, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, you know, I I thank you, Mikey Cash, for your passion with thank the Rock you. here, um, and I'm sure we'll do another episode um, and continue to listen to Strutting from Gorilla because you'll see bits and pieces throughout all of our podcasts. Somehow, the Rock makes it in. I would say 90 percent of our podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. with different rivalries and, and influences on careers. Um, but uh, we appreciate you listening here today. Make sure you tune in. Check us out on, on the socials, right? We went through it at the beginning. Give us a five-star rating um, and be looking forward to some of our, our, our next episodes coming up here. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, please continue to keep on strutting. We now return your perception of reality to you until next time.